Dead Bod Rap Pod, Dead Bod Rap Pod, Dead Bod Rap Pod. Back at you one more again. Um, it's the Super Crew. Dem One, myself, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. This is super fun. It's just hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Off top, little little mendacity in the room today. <laughs> Summertime uh, in California. This is what we pay that's for. That's right. Absolutely. And then we also have Mr. Dave Ma. Hey, thank you to be. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for the Pacifico and having us in uh, the pad, man. Yeah, yeah. We're a uh, we're like a, a traveling circus of uh, podcasting itinerant performers. <laughs> Absolutely. Been moving around. Been moving around a little bit. We've got an episode uh, that features an interview, which we'll talk about in, in just a little bit. But since we're on the, the topic of, of summer and summery things, let me, uh, let me ask you this. In the summertime, ice cream or popsicles? <laughs> popsicles all day. <laughs> summertime, popsicles die. Yeah. Because you can't have a popsicle in the winter. You can have ice cream anytime. Yeah. I, That's my Ooh, philosophy. you're an ice cream anytime? Oh, yeah. Fuck I would yeah. eat ice cream right now. Yeah. Really? Yes. Any try not to clank the spoon too loud. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anytime after 11 p.m. I'm <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Pretty okay. much. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I no. love a popsicle. I love Trader Joe's popsicles. Mm. They have phenomenal popsicles. There's a raspberry lemon strawberry like tripartite <laughs> okay. popsicle that they sell at Trader Joe's, and the box isn't too big, so you can it can maybe last a weekend. Um, that are phenomenal. Is it like sorbet on a stick or something? No, it's, a, it's just a popsicle. Just it's a like pop- kind of like fr- a fruit okay. puree popsicle. Okay, okay. Um, those are tremendous. There's they also have a series called Ice Flows, uh, the Lime Ice Flow popsicle. Ice are, Flows, are where huh? it's at. Dude. That's actually my rap alias. I know. <laughs> damn it, I was they say yeah. flow and shit. There's a rap rapper joke in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more of a of a popsicle traditionalist twin pop you know can't what I mean? go wrong with the twin pop can't go wrong with the twin pop <laughs> red uh, purple orange um red i think it's 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 classic um it has very little flavor um it's more like a lightly flavored ice but if not those you like know the lacroix of popsicles oh ouch <laughs> the lacroix of popsicles no is otter pops yeah it's uh, totally otter pops i was just talking to these dudes uh in my day job about a business they're going to start and at their current business they sell um adult otter pops like I, uh, alcohol slushies oh, in okay. plastic yeah. sleeves, and I'm kind of okay. like, when are you open? <laughs> can I get reservations? You know, I, I gotta say, all all of those always sound better than they are, though. You know, I I don't like alcohol in coffee or in desserts. Same. Yeah, same. I like oh, Jello oh, shots. I like alcohol in my alcohol. Yeah. Jello shots. <laughs> Jello shots. All, all of my experiences well, oh, with Jello oh, shots. I, you know, bad. I like a little tiramisu, but you know what I mean. Otherwise, but that that's cooked out a little bit. Yeah, I, I guess soaked. it's soaked. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Soaked in. Remember those those uh, since we're on alcohol infused here <laughs> on the Dead Bod Rap Pod. Remember those candies that were like they were like a rum infused candy. So my folks got some one time when I was like 10 or 11, and I ran through like 15 of those joints. <laughs> and then ran around the house. Like, yeah, I no saw, it had to be the first time I got faded no. because <laughs> I got the whooping of my life behind eating all, all, all the rum candies. That's hilarious. So that's why you come here to the Dead Bot Rat Pod, um, <laughs> to learn that there's certain psychopaths who enjoy ice cream in the winter. <laughs> Not one of them. Um, to get to get popsicle recommendations. And we also you know talk about a little rap. Little rap here and there. We're going to talk about a, a a teeny tiny sliver of the rap diaspora, um, which is covers. So you know, in almost every other genre, 
covers are just a standard thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. people do other people's songs. It's no big deal. In rap, despite the fact that it's an art form that that blatantly kind of steals soundscapes from other from <laughs> other art forms, the actually performance of a cover of another rapper's work is super super rare. And we're going to kind of talk about a couple of our notable or or favorite ones, but um why why do you think that is? Like why are there so few like legit rap covers? I don't know why exactly because there are some successful examples, but I think um it's such a show and prove genre. Right. It's like you spend your time and your studio time and your back when album length mattered uh putting out your own song. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, there's, there's such an emphasis on don't bite, you right. know, type of right. originality, authenticity. So, uh, you know, you can't do Lottie Dottie right away. Right. Yeah. And on some of these covers, um, uh, most of the notable ones, they change it to like fit their own style right. a little bit. Right. Sure. It's like, sure. Uh, like there are bands who play note for note covers as a job, wedding bands right. and, sure. you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's, you w- wouldn't do that in rap. Mm-hmm. You have to put your own spin on it. Like uh, Snoop changes the iconography of Lottie Dottie to his, totally. his world. Right. Otherwise, what would point be right another dude already just said those those words Mm -hmm. right no it's just it's just so interesting because like you say there's bands that go around and they're beetle cover bands Mm -hmm. and they're you know there's all kinds of those right i i think it has something to do with the fact that um rappers are an egotistical breed Mm self-included and i think it's just hard for rappers to pay homage to even things that they like um so so it's it's i think that's has something to do with it certainly at at song length there's there's so much homage and reference within the culture like you know dj premier is everything is a a reference to something because of the scratch hook right, right. And they all came from right. somewhere right. rappers like include little things from other songs constantly maybe less so today uh but um a song song it just it, it doesn't happen that often yeah and and when it's happened i wouldn't say that there's a an amazing rap cover right um my my favorite in this micro genre would be uh Pharaoh Manch's cover of welcome to the terror dome um it's number one because that's on my kind of uh, desert island list of, of joints if you had to, to pin me down but also because it has um you know, it's a real cover. Like he really does his best to 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 capture the energy of of, of Chuck D. And if you're a Public Enemy fan, um, you know you try to imitate Chuck D. Like <laughs> at your peril. Yeah, right. exactly, right. exactly. So so I I really I really dig that one. And in an interesting footnote in this micro genre, um, there's a new uh, movie coming out called uncle drew which nate thinks is fantastic i think he got i think he got some advanced tickets uh, i'm gonna watch that for sure not in the theaters <laughs> not uh, not in the theaters because uh, was it you somebody who i personally know tweeted uh, uncle drew is the kind of movie you watch on a plane uh, three <laughs> rows up with no sound <laughs> yeah and like really enjoy it's like yeah. you watch it on the back of someone else's seat absolutely and and i think <laughs> i think that's how they pitched it but um so the uncle drew movie is coming out um, Kyrie couldn't finish an NBA season, but he's got a movie coming out anyway. <laughs> so, so on that soundtrack, there's an ASAP Ferg joint that's like a Harlem anthem, and he uses the beat from 
Pharaoh Manches, welcome to the Terra Dome cover. That's so weird. It is so quizzical. I'm not sitting here saying it's a great song. It's not a bad song. I can see if you used like a Diplomats beat or like a Big L beat or something he like that. He used the Welcome to the Terra Dome, uh, you know, this reinterpolation that, that Manch obviously had a band do. I hope that that was a big check for Pharaoh Totally. Manch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. I was I was like, what's going on? Only because I, I kind of like that cover and it, it just immediately, mm-hmm. um, it immediately struck me. So Uncle Drew in theaters. Um, <laughs> coming out. Who's trying to see a movie that features Shaq as a main Jeez. freaking character? I don't want to hear him open his mouth, dude. Yeah. If you're slandering blue chips, we can go outside. Oh, <laughs> peak Nick Nolte, bro. Sorry, I, I love that movie. Um, no, I mean it's it's dumb. They're in Old Face, which is bizarre. Old Face, yeah. They're in <laughs> Old Face Killer. I, I'm in Old Face every day. Oh man, slandering, slandering the elderly. Um, what uh, what's what's a cover that comes to mind for you, Dave? Um, when you we, think of rap covers, I think we mentioned this before. But what what I really like, due to it, its exuberance, is um, Charisma's cover of um, Bismarcky's Vapors. Yes, because yes. It, because you hear him sort of absorb this. The, these West Coast cats absorbing this East Coast sound, sure. and it's just so like vibrant, and it's actually a, a more of a stripped down beat too. Did he the uh, change the names, or does he say like TJ Swan? No, no, stuff? he changes the name He's as like, well. My man PB Wolf, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, totally. Cool. Nice. That's cool. So nice. it's it's really great. It's exuberant. It sounds like they made it in their bedroom, which they probably did right. after just hearing Vapors for the first time. Like that's what it sounds like. Okay. And it's. It's anything but corny. It's just so. Uh, but it, it wasn't that far removed from vapors, right? So if we're talking about the, the from when right. the original. That's came what out. I'm saying. It, yeah. it sounded like they literally just got the record and then made it. Right. You know, it's it's the most exuberant thing ever. More biz covers. So the fact that nobody's tried to do just a friend right. in the era of right. friend zoning um, <laughs> has really is is amazing uh, to me. Just almost. a friend zone. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was doing my research for this and I've never actually owned this CD, but I had heard a bunch of them. There's a, there's a rap covers comp called in the beginning there was rap. Um, it's where the, oh, yeah, yeah, the, I remember the, that. the deaf squad rappers delight. That was right. kind of a hit. Oh, came that's back right. Out. That's With, right. Yeah, and then the, the one I listened to, to see if it was as weird as it sounds is, uh, they had Wu-Tang cover sucker MCs. It's weird. Um, <laughs> they they started off as like a normal Wu Tang. It's RZA, Meth, and ODB. Which like hearing ODB over the Sucker MC's beat is like yeah Italian chef mm-hmm. kiss mm-hmm. motion. Yes. Uh, yes. But um, it's weird. They started off as like a normal Wu Tang song, and then they're kind of like, nah, nah, let's let's do that old joint. You know what I mean? Uh, and then okay. so the, then they start into it, and they do change it a little bit. I don't know if it's totally successful, but it's weird and kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, which I that's kind of that's where I I can go with the but the exception of the, the two things you guys mentioned. I I think that's the best you can do right, on right. a rap cover. It's yeah. like ah, oh, you put your own spin on that. That was kind of fun. Right. It's not canonical. Right. It's you're, not yeah. better. You're than not the one other upping song. them. You're not making it corny. Yeah, and I I think it's more um, homage almost. Yeah, I think some it, fun. It has to be. It there has to be an element of almost goofiness to it. Terradome right. aside, because um, right. you know, to do it, you kind of have to not take yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and I think in general rappers take themselves very, totally. very, very seriously. Totally, yeah. So another fun one is the uh, Black Star. It's really a most F solo song, Children's Story. Mm-hmm. And so that oh, kind of okay. makes Slick Rick the most covered rapper. He is. If you include Lottie Dottie <laughs> stuff and right. like kind of that that one, but um, I think uh, 
so one kind of hatery comment. The worst kind of music is like ironic white people acoustic covers. Those of rap are songs. the worst. And dude. Atlanta just kind of put that totally. To bed. It's so gross, dude. Uh, the other day, didn't like didn't um, fuck. What's his name? Terrible douchebag. Uh, Dave Matthews did uh, yeah. like a bunch of Amigos covers. Or oh, something. I don't want to hear that, dude. But it's it sounds as bad as it sounds. Okay. It's, okay. I, I'm wondering if it can possibly sound as bad. As it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Matthews doing Migos covers for the yeah. love of God. Okay. Because it's so, you know, racist and cute, right? You right. know? Exactly. Yeah. No, there, no, there gross. is an inherent right. like, exoticism totally. to that that's right. gross. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it and it's it's what I hate about rap parodies as well. What, yeah, sure. Um, is this idea that um Hey, I'm a white person doing right. something typically black. Right. You know what I mean? My name is Little Dicky. Totally. Yeah. Totally. God. But what yeah. God damn it. And they're just fetishizing the culture yeah. and just sort of making it it's uh, it's a joke. But yeah. uh, Malibu's most wanted. Like oh, I, I do gosh. not enjoy that genre of comedy at at all. At all. Mm-hmm. At all. Um, no. I, I, I will. So hater haterness aside, a kind of genre of rap cover I really like are these like cinematic soul instrumental. Sure. Uh, right, which I've like, got some traction of yeah. late, is which is kind of foreshadows El Michael's um, El Michael's affair, our, our, um, our interview coming up. But the El Michael's affair, in particular, where I have I have a love hate with El Michael's. I think at its best, it's really a really cool interpretation. Okay, of the Wu Tang work. Um, I think at its worst, I feel like I'm in a coffee shop. Or something. It mm. feels there's there's a slight music hmm. well, I, I think by nature, sort of cinematic soul works as background music, or sure. if you intensely want to listen to it, you know. Sure. And so um, with the El Michael stuff, I mean, it's not necessarily that because he, he he sort of parses the elements. So then it's like for this section, I'm going to bring in Lee Fields to sing the hook. Sure, and, yeah. sure. You know, so sure. there's a little bit that more. That part is kind of powerful. I know I that part. That I mean, part. I'm naming the best part of it, yeah. but right. I mean, I think um, I think there's more to it though. However, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's it's hit or miss. I, I get that, especially with Wu Tang um, and the the kind of wild sample based right. music how, that they're how making. How forward and like attacking mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, in it's, the original. It's, uh, it, it's not anti music because there's a lot more rap that would fit that category, but it leans away from musicality sure. almost at its best. Uh-huh. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's it's these weird kind of chops and almost atonal right, things right. and so when you smooth them out to a certain degree yeah. right i hear what you're sometimes saying sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it does there's a couple of michael's joints that yeah, I, I, I mean, really you're, you're I really taking like. away the rough edges of a wu-tang cut and you know sort of yeah. ironing out it's like it's like wu-tang in a blazer this is with like an ascot <laughs> wu-tang that's what's on my business card <laughs> uh, there's a this is a left field thing and i just don't know if you guys know this or like this at all but one of my favorite covers project is the cat power covers records yeah yeah have you ever heard that no it's, it's great so beautiful it's like kind of it in a way it pres- presages these uh bad acoustic covers they're not of rap songs they're of classic rock songs right. okay but they're like very like sad um morose uh mm-hmm. stripped down joints it, it leads off with this acoustic cover of uh satisfaction by the rolling stones mm-hmm. that's okay. like almost unrecognizable yeah but such a just amazing spin right. on it i i've loved that record for a long time totally. and um it's it's an interesting way to go about that she really made the songs her own but she doesn't change the words at all right, right. Okay. same chords okay maybe minored in some totally. cases. uh same words but like 
completely different meanings. Incredible okay. record. Uh, that that was sort of the spring springboard for her career, I believe, right? It, it, it kind of was. It took her to the next level. Yeah, and you know sure. what? What yeah. I like about those is like when you hear those, and then it's yeah, like you said, they're unrecognizable except for like these little sprinkled parts that you know that are peppered you get a in. Hint of it. Then totally. you're like, oh, that's the Rolling Stones, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, funny side story. I saw her at um that bridge school benefit. Yeah. Mm. She she was on stage. Um, shoeless, huge feet. <laughs> <laughs> That was a funny shine story. I'm serious. I'm yeah, serious. That's amazing. That's it. I, I was offered <laughs> without qualification. You know what they say. Large feet. No, I was there with my friend. Uh, shout out my friend Gene, Gene uh, and John, and we we're both amazed at how big her fucking feet were. That's all. That's, that's all I really got. Funny. And, and that's that's a classic David Moffat that he was at the Bridge School Benefit. When I had to watch it on like Channel Two and get like a recap of uh, it. I've been to my fair share of Bridge School Benefits. It's interesting because they they acousticize everything. Right. So. Right. Tom Waits acoustic, mind-blowing, yeah. you know. Oh, I stuff. wasn't there for that one. Um, anyway, let's take it back to the rap world. I found a quirky one this morning, mm-hmm. um, and I'll play a little bit of it here. Caroline. That is Goldlink uh, covering Roses Whoa. by Outkast. Um, interesting song to pick. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's a rap song because it's on a rap record in the rap section, but it's a singing song. Yeah. Mm. So uh, in- interesting way to take it. I like the way they stripped down the piano, and I, okay. thought, I thought it was kind of fun. Um, I just happened to like that song, and it's like, yeah, more covers of that stuff. Nice. Okay. Nice. I, okay. Have, uh, I have one example that sort of um, uh, foreshadows uh, some stuff we got coming up with some of these artists, but um, Atmosphere uh, did a cover of G-Rap's Road to the Riches, and uh, here it is right now. When I was five years old, I used to hear funk and soul being played out my pops high five stereo. And it's really great because I mean you, you, it's so much of an homage. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then even yeah. even the beginning of the energy of how it builds up and you know, Slug comes in great. And when you I, I've interviewed him a couple times and when he you know, when we talk about old school rappers, I mean he has the utmost respect for G rap and it really shows through these covers. And I think like a really good cover of an artist loving another cover, like that's where it shows. Yeah. That's where it shines through. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that 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 makes sense. And I wanna say don't don't quote me, but I want to say that uh, Slug has either maybe it's not a straight cover, but he does kind of this homage to Ice Cube's uh, "What They Hit Info." Mm. Um, Interesting choice. Yeah, Slug is a is a huge Ice Cube fan. Yeah, um, and actually, if you listen listen to him, um, he he does kind of have that peak Ice Cube uh, clarity and storytelling. Mm, um, yeah. type of vibe to it but I think that's a great point if you love an artist if you can tell that the work is super personal and not some kind of cheesy right. A&R idea of what you sh- should do then it has it has some traction now kind of looking forward if we could what groups would you like to see cover what songs oh, if you good could one. if you could you could choreograph curate some some rap covers in the future. Oh, that'd be great. Um, I'm very bad at these. I know. Um, on, on the spot. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, I, I had one idea. And yes, it's probably bad. Kick us off. Yeah, it's probably bad. But for some reason, I make this through line from Migos to the Beastie Boys. Whoa. I always, I always, I mean, I think you might, they might could do Paul Revere. Right. And I think, okay. and I, I might pun- be completely wrong about that and, and the BC boys will probably hate it, but do you have to remix the beat so you can do the triplets? <laughs> right. Like, can you find, no, can I think you find you, I, the no, triplets within there. that? Yeah. Oh, you can get in. You That's can, you can get the, you can get the triplets in there. Um, I just think it would be just put on any Migos song backwards. <laughs> 
<laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. That's um, funny. Other, other, maybe, maybe perhaps I've made it too complicated. What, what song would you like to see be covered? What do you think? What song is has yet to be covered and is coverable? Hmm. That's a good one. I, I would love to see Kendrick do some G rap stuff. Okay. You yeah. Know, just because it was so dexterous back then. Sure. That's a good one. Now. Or yeah. uh, that, 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 on that note, maybe a uh, black hippie doing scenario or something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's a good like, vibe. The, all the different people with all the different oh. kind of styles, but they're the crew. Okay. Yeah. All right. Be all fun. right. Now that you went there, <laughs> let's let's line it up. Who's who? Oh, <laughs> who's who? That's a good one. Um, who is Cole? Is Cole? Oh man, is Cole Charlie Brown? <laughs> I, that was where my mind went first. Yeah. I, I think, though he is pretty chill, just by voice, uh, Schoolboy Q is Busta, right? Yeah. Oh, off top, yeah. off yeah. top, yeah. And, uh, Unorthodox sort of delivery. Kendrick is Q too. Mm-hmm. Kendrick is Q too, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Who is That's who's Fife? Is J Rock Fife? J Rock is Fife. Yeah. All right. Well, Damn. You guys right. go ahead and make that. And Done. We'll, uh, Done. Okay, we'll uh, Punch. It. I hope you're you're listening as you always do. Um, okay, that 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 could work. You know what? You're right. The posse cut is prime. Mm-hmm. We need a new symphony. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And since there's no groups left, it's kind of hard to find parallels. You know what I mean? Yeah. God. It's more collectives of anything. Yeah. Yeah. And if that. Right. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so we've been talking about rap covers for a reason. We have a dope interview with Adrian Casada from the Afro Latin funk outfit Brownout, and they did um, some instrumental interpretations of the swath of Public Enemy's work spanning from Yo Bum Rush the Show to Apocalypse 91 called Fear of a Brown Planet. Um, it is the the 20th anniversary of uh, Fear of a Black Planet coming out, and so uh, their their group Brownout came to town. We were lucky enough to get um, Adrian in the studio with us, and we just kind of chopped it up um, about what it was like to to cover that record and and some more cool stuff. So here is our interview with Adrian Casada of Brownout. <laughs> All right, everybody. Right about now, it's about that time. Dad bod, rap pod, back at you one more again. Today, we have a very, very interesting interview for you guys. Uh, This year marks the 20th anniversary since the release of Fear of a Black Planet, which is an album that lives inside my DNA and, and the DNA of many uh, hip-hop heads of a certain age. So we got a, a special interview uh, that we're going to do today um, with Casada from Brownout. They did a, a really dope cover of the album um, called Fear of a Brown Planet. So we're going to talk about that in just a bit. Um, once again, my name is Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dem1. I am joined by Mr. Nate LeBlanc. Hey, everybody. And Mr. David Ma. Hey guys, good to be here again. Yeah, Dad Pod Squad in the building. And we're also joined by Casada. Adrian Adrian Casada. Welcome. Adrian Casada, how's it going? Oh, it's going well, man. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Good, Really happy to have you here, man. Big fans in the new record, big fans of your work. So thanks, man. Thank you guys. Absolutely. So so Adrian, 
tell us a little bit about, you know, how did the the Fear of a Brown Planet uh, project kind of come together? Yeah, yeah. So just one thing to to say first, um, and it's confusing for a lot of people, but it's a it's not an exact Fear of a Black Planet that we did. It's a right. it's from Yo Bumrush the Show through Apocalypse ninety one. Sure. Um, we threw that title was like. We couldn't pass up that play on words, Fear of Brown Planet, so we took right. it. But I realized that a lot of people were like, oh, it's, so it's not Fear of Black Planet, but it's over a course of four albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brown Out, we uh, were working on some original music. We were in the middle of working on an album. We had just come off this uh, long cycle of, we had done this kind of th- similar spin on Black Sabbath called Brown Sabbath that right. uh, did well enough to have Ozzy Osbourne fly into Austin and want to see us wow. like in a private show and hang out. Wow. But we got to the point where we were kind of done with that, and we did this EP called uh, Over the Covers, which uh, was mixed by my friend Sean Lee from the UK, and we were Mm -hmm. working on original music. We were playing at a show in LA, and um, Fat Beats came to the show and approached us and asked us to do it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it's just always been, you know, Fat Beats is such a like iconic uh, label that I've never worked with, you know, growing up with hip hop and the, you know, from both coasts, from going to the record, I remember going to the record store every time I'd go to New York mm-hmm. to just, you know, it's just such an iconic uh, hip hop label that when they approached us, I was like, oh man, we can't, I know we're over the covers, but we can't turn this down. <laughs> Plus it was public enemy, right? you know, and uh, I really dug that idea. The bar was set high with the L. Michaels affair, uh, yeah. Wu-Tang record. And just to be, uh, you know, in the continuation of that series was just too much fun to pass up mm. and just this chance to work with, Fat beats and take on public enemy music. So, okay. so for for maybe for some of our our younger listeners, um, can you kind of maybe contextualize a little bit? Like, you know, I'm assuming you're of a relative age of us. Kind of the work of public enemy, um, maybe sonically, like it's very. Um, Cacophonous. Yeah. yeah. Busy. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 Chaotic. They used a lot of tape loops. Were uh-huh. you were you in, kind of intimidated at all? Oh, kind very of much to... so, man. Very much so. But yeah, that production style to me is still ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from what I've read, uh, due to the kind of limitations of the technology in samplers at the time, a lot of that stuff was like live performances. Like they'd run out of uh, so many tracks that they could have and, and somebody would literally be triggering every time a... You know, like <laughs> just so that, and they would have to do that live. So they were almost like performances, and and the way it all works uh, together is just incredible. But yeah, we've we have some experience. Um, we used to back Jizza from Wu Tang Clan quite a bit live mm-hmm. for a couple of years. So and playing that stuff, the the kind of artifacts that happen when you sample from vinyl and everything and piecing it all together, it will sound incredible on a hip hop record. But a lot of that stuff isn't technically in tune or, mm-hmm. or on the same key. And when you try to play that literally as a band, it sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. We learned that with Jizza. We would try to play exactly like the records. And we're like, man, it sounds horrible. Like, it sounds <laughs> like we don't know what we're doing. But it works in the hip-hop setting when you run it through a sampler and mm-hmm. all that. So it was like, and then the public enemy stuff is a whole other level, like you said, of cacophony. It's just like a dense soundscape that's still freaks me out to listen to to this day uh but we um i just approached it like i thought well, well imagine if like the bomb squad had you know so we obviously dug into the source material and like a lot of them if you strip it down to its very core it's a james brown sample it's a cool in the gang sample it's a funkadelic or isaac hayes or whatever um so we just said like well let's strip it all the way down to the beginning and imagine if the bomb squad had those bands in the studio in 1971 or whatever 
with their limitations of that era because nowadays it would be really easy to copy that uh, style on a computer because you could just drag and drop everything and click. And But that just felt like a cop-out. It felt like cheating. It felt like, man, it's not even like, why would we not even... First of all, we're not going to be better than the original, so why would we do that? So, mm. yeah, it was kind of intimidating to start, for sure. <laughs> so do you consider them kind of approximations or, like, just covers, but kind of also you want to bring your, your hand into it, right? Like your yeah. own sound? Otherwise, there's no point in doing it, you know, uh, because you can go back and listen to the original, which will be better, no matter how, how good we think we are. So, uh, yeah, that was that was the way we kind of approached it. And then because we're, we did an instrumental version of it, we had to make it... Um, sort of melodic or something, you know, that something that you could uh, listen to and it wouldn't get old. So we kind of wrote, stripped it down to its core and then played that as a band and then kind of wrote these horn parts almost like if the JBs, like I said, were in the studio with the Bomb Squad and then and then added a little bit of the noise hmm. after that, you know, hmm. to make it sort of feel like you're listening to Public Enemy. Yeah, I think it, I think it runs through as a good listen, and oh, I think any DJ who does that kind of music would want to keep it at the front of the bag. Mm-hmm. They're really cool, like um, just new takes on the classics. We've oh, all thanks, listened man. to these albums, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, hundreds yeah. of times. So yeah. nice to kind of get a breath of fresh air with it. Oh, thanks, man. Um, can you take us back to the beginning and talk about how the band got together and like where you guys come from and who you yeah, are? Yeah, yeah. So um, the band. To take it back to the very beginning, um, there's three of us in the band that are from Laredo, Texas, from the border with Mexico, and um, we kind of within a year and a half of each other all moved to Austin because it's a big music town, and uh, and we used to jam together at parties, and we used to play basically all these songs that I'm telling you. We used to play mm-hmm. James Brown covers and, and Cool and the Gang covers and Mandrill and War and all that stuff. That's what we played um, as our source material, and we would just play parties for fun, and then we started kind of working on Latin music, focusing a little. It was like we were doing Latin funk, so we had, we were doing these kind of breaks, and we were playing b-boy events and stuff with percussion. We started doing um, focusing a little bit more on Latin music, and that became another a band called Grupo Fantasma, which ended up you know taking a life of its own. And uh, we started focusing on that. For that band's still around. I think they're coming on 18 years together or something. Because mm. Brownout's been 15. So then that took off. We did that for a long time. The band won a Grammy. The band had great success. I eventually left that band. But a few years into Grupo, we were like, man, we kind of miss playing like the funk and the breaks and stuff because we, we got immersed in the Latin stuff. So just for fun, we uh, the three of us made a, a mix CD. We were like back when people made mix CDs, you know, <laughs> that long ago. Of like, man, let's like put a, a list of songs we want to cover just for fun together. And that's how we came up with Brown So our first gig, we were actually called Over Gold. And then we realized there was already an over gold out there, so we changed it to brown out. Yeah, right on, right on. Well, firstly, congrats. Um, I heard the first pressing of the album just sold out. Yeah, yeah, so man, pretty huge. Good we've, for you, we've man. We've been that's on awesome. tour for a week, and it's already out. So. That's amazing. You know, um, just uh, sort of a less heavy question. Uh, what are some of your favorite PE songs? Man, mine. Um, one of my favorite. One of my favorite records that I think, besides the obvious ones, was always Apocalypse '91. There was mm-hmm. something about mm-hmm. that one post Bomb Squad that mm-hmm. like. By the time I get to Arizona, mm-hmm. can't trust it and shut them down. We're like, besides the obvious, I mean, I love, every, you know, fight the power, et cetera, totally. et cetera. But to me, those are the ones that, that don't often make people's like top mm-hmm. five list. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that I was like, man, we have to do those. <laughs> what, what sort of considerations were taken into place when you were thinking about the absence of Chuck D for, for these interpretations? Yeah, yeah. That was, like I said, that was kind of a, I mean, it gave me anxiety. It would keep me up at night <laughs> thinking like, you know, I remember a, just thinking like, man, well, we're removing, 
you know, the difference between like say that the Wu Tang version and the 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 pub, public enemy making instrumentals out of public enemy is that half of the the appeal of public enemy for a lot of people was the message, you know, mm-hmm. was yeah. what Chuck D was saying and all that. Right. So if you're removing that, it's like but you know, at the same time I don't think we would do it justice to just get any other rappers to just oh, rap. 100%. So why even, you know, do that? So we yeah, we just we I mean honestly I felt uh like I said, it gave me great anxiety. <laughs> Many nights I'd be like, man, is this whack what we're doing? Like, we're totally making other songs out of Public Enemy. And I thought, man, screw it. Like, I think this is the best way to pay tribute. Has Have there, they heard the record at all? Has man, Chuck or every Chuck single Lee? person, and I know tons of people that know him, that have tagged him. Mm-hmm. We have, we've heard nothing. And okay. Joseph at Fab Beats knows him. Okay. Um, we're trying to let that happen organically. Yeah. I have a friend yeah. that that is in... Uh, education and he's done a lot of conferences with his wife right and he's like man i can text her oh man uh, and but like i'm like man everybody tags him who knows i'm sure at some point maybe maybe not i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. you don't want to bum rush his show yeah right? exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um tell us a little bit about the tour where you guys are going um are, are you having fun oh yeah man it's been a blast it's it's a we're, I feel like we're, we're six shows in or something like that, and I feel like just in the last couple of days, if we it was kind of a a, a big um, undertaking to play the stuff live because when we made the record, we made it with no consideration for how are we going to play this live. So then, <laughs> oh, wow. when we finished it, it was like shit. How are we going to play this live? You know, sorry, I didn't. I don't know. No, no, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> how can we play this live? And uh, you know, we're about six shows in or something into the tour, uh, just a West Coast run for now. And uh, man, we're, we're finally like hitting it, you know. And sometimes it's funny because having these talks with Joseph from Fat Beats, he was like, man, pr- you know, because I was talking to him about like, oh, we were discussing the order, the sequence of the songs on the record. And I was like, man, we really need to start with, he was like, look, consider that a lot of people that buy this are going to buy it at Urban Outfitters and they don't even know Public <laughs> Enemy. He's wow. like, don't take okay. it for granted that everybody's sure. your age. And, right. uh, you know, so sometimes we're playing these songs and like I'm looking around and I'm like, they're all dancing and half these people have no idea what the song is, <laughs> but it's all good. Hopefully they can buy it and hopefully they go back and listen to some Public Enemy. For right sure. on. Absolutely. But yeah, not everybody's 40 plus grew up on Public Enemy, you know. <laughs> and, and what a shame. But, uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but in terms of like covers, now you've done this project and are, are you guys done with covers? Yes. Or, or? Yes, I think it's official. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I, if you but if you could if you could just do one more cover one more album, what um, what would that be? God, I don't know that. I don't know that. It, we honestly are kind of so like trying to not do it again that uh, sure. I don't know what we would do. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. So when you get back in the studio or when this kind of cycle is over, do you have a sense of the next direction for the band or what yeah, you like Yeah, we to actually do? have a full album of originals in the can like right oh, now. Cool. Oh, oh, wow. We're mixing it right at like right now and uh that should be out. I don't know if either at the end of this year or, the, or early next year. And at that point I think it's finally like come full circle with everything we've done, you know, even some of the Black Sabbath stuff, some of the Public Enemy stuff has all seeped in and um it's definitely us trying something new, some new stuff mm. for sure. Awesome. Um, you mentioned uh, backing Jizza, and you know, obviously, you guys do instrumentals. Um, what about Dream MCs for to uh, for a project to work on with? Um, Dream MCs for something like us. Well, we uh, we never got to work. We do have a Ghostface. We worked with when we did with Jizza. Mm-hmm. We did. A, we had Raekwon there wow. and a couple of other uh, Wu Tang guys. But um, Ghostface would be a huge oh, one man. for me. Yeah. You know. Uh, and then, uh, which would work with, I mean, just realistically thinking of what would work with our music, mm-hmm. you know, Andre 3000, you know, oh, we, um, man. 
Bun B uh, to, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of old school. I keep like thinking. I'm like I. I should say Kendrick Lamar, obviously, but <laughs> right. but I'm thinking more old school. So. Right, 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 right. No, all those sound amazing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like our dream guest list as well. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I was like we had uh, one of those Jizza shows in Brooklyn. Uh, we had a uh, everybody like it was like no Ghostface. We were like, oh man, he was supposed to come at the last minute. Oh, he didn't come. But Raekwon, Raekwon. Uh, put his blunt down on my keyboard and it left a mark, a stain mark, like it burnt through my keyboard. So I have a stain that I, I kind of want to mark it with like Raekwon's blunt was ashed here. Rub it every day. Very yeah, few yeah. people could get away with that. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so for folks, when, when uh, Brownout comes to town, what, what should they expect? from a brownout show when you guys come to their city? Um, you know, it should be, it should feel like, like a party. I mean, like I said, with this, with this, uh, public enemy and the stuff we're playing right now is like, you know, imagine seeing, uh, you know, early cool in the gang or, or mm-hmm. Mandrill or JB's from that era, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're doing on this tour. Hmm. That's awesome. So how, how long you guys touring to like, give us some, um, um, we started June 13th. And we are out till June, till July first or second, I believe, on this run, which is a West Coast run. There's gonna be some East Coast dates in the and later on in the fall. And then, where can people kind of tap into? Uh, Brownoutmusic.com is a good way to find everything. Everything's you know online on Spotify, but but if you can pick up the record, even even better, yeah. you know. But yeah, we will be we're uh, online and all the social media. All right. Okay. Well, hey, we want to thank you for uh, for making time before the gig tonight. Once again, brown out. Check out Fear of a Brown Planet, kind of a, a public enemy um, anthology uh, with, with a new twist. We really thank you for making the time, man. Hey, thank you guys. Thank man. you so Thanks much for having man. me. Big yeah. Appreciate it. So that was our interview with Adrian Casada of Brownout. What a nice dude. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Really Super nice so guy. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's really nice to just sort of run into cats who, who are not from your area, but then you can connect on like musical stuff or any Absolutely. sort of things you can just nerd out to. I felt like he was me talking. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Totally. Like, yeah. We're talking about Timmy and Records, Coal Mine Records, um, Deron Jones. Just yeah. you know. growing up in hip hop, right. even though he, we grew up in California and he grew up in totally. Texas, it's the same love. Right, right, right. He's we we all a heard bit it. more talented than I am, but you know. Uh, <laughs> we all listen to I've seen your ukulele. Lyrics. Yeah. Uh, before the interview started, uh, while we were kind of figuring out headphone situations I was nerding out on. And I've been listening to Brownout for like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Told them about the first record I got of theirs. Um, they're just a really, really good band. They're yeah. a tight band. Um, mm, they're, very they kinda, solid. Um, he has a new project coming up called Black Pumas, mm-hmm. um, which we're really looking forward to. Kind of a more psychedelic soul on yeah. Coal Mine Records. Mm. So. It's really cool to hear him talk about. Uh, they did a, a, um, a project called Brown Sabbath, yes. and that um, they f- they flew in Ozzy Osbourne, Osbourne to, uh, yeah. to Austin. I mean, that's, that's cool. That's incredible, man. Dad yeah. Brown Rap Todd. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we're yeah, we're definitely um, we were glad that Adrian could could make the time to talk to us. Brown Out is the name of the group. The Black Puma joint is coming out. Um, and also Fear of a Brown Planet is out there. I, th- I thought I heard him say the, the record is sold out. It right is. Now. The first pressing sold out already. That That's generally amazing. means sold out at the distributor level. So there sure. should be copies in stores right, unless right. there's something I'm not 
picking up from there. But uh, right. it's really good. There's also, if you want a little taste, there's DJ Eclipse did a mixtape of it that we got we all got months oh, ago that's right. that's um, right. where it's kind of like 15 minutes of the really hot stuff kind of doubled up that's that's a cool intro if you just want to right it right before making the commitment though it's definitely that's fire actually i love yeah, it i no, loved it that's really yeah. well done um yeah and just a little plug for us if you're touring and you're coming through san jose california hey. maybe even santa cruz in some cases yeah um we can make this work we'd love to kind of talk to people we we saw today that having people in studio changes the dynamic it does it lot. does it does um, so it's yeah. great to just kind of make eye contact yeah. with folks there's less of a disconnect and it's, it's just good to vibe face to face you know it yeah. really comes across on the recording totally. also come to san jose yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. san jose is on the come up yep. yeah we'll, we'll get you some boba tea we'll make it we'll make it happen <laughs> so once again uh thanks to brownout adrian casada for joining us and you know what it is dead by rap pop for listening to another dope episode of the dad bod rap pod more fly conversation and interviews coming your way every week you can find the podcast on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash dad bod rap pod and we're always down to interact with you on twitter at dad bod rap pod all spelled out subscribe on stitcher google play and itunes 